loving people uh, is about not allowing that first interaction with them to put you off in such a way that you'd be disconnected from showing love, from showing grace, from showing understanding. Again, it doesn't make unlovable people become these lovable people that you want to bring home for dinner, but it does allow you to become a loving person in the face of that unlovable person. This is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Chris Johnson. Today I have with me Tim Ross. Tim is the author of Upset the World. And we're going to talk about why he wants to upset all of us here in a little while. But right now I'll just tell you that Tim is a speaker and a lead pastor at the multi-ethnic, multi-generational church, Embassy City Church. And that's in Irving, Texas in the Dallas area. He's speaking to us today on the phone. And so we welcome you, Pastor Tim. And uh, I see that you have Pastor Robert Morris doing a forward for your book. That's pretty good. It is really good. I'm glad to be with you. Well, I just want to know one thing, Tim. Why do you want to upset everybody? (laughs) Well, I would love to get people back to the definition of upset first. Of course, when we say this word in America, a lot of people think about being mad, being angry, being frustrated. But by definition, to upset simply means to turn upside down or to turn over. And I would like every single person who has come into a relationship with Jesus Christ to hopefully have had their world turned upside down by his message, his love, and his hope. That sounds good. Well, here's a quote from your book. The person who came to upset us is also the one who shows us how to upset the world. So Jesus came to upset us for good, and then we're supposed to go and do the same thing, right, Tim? That's exactly right. You know, I read Matthew 28 in context to this revelation about upsetting people's lives, and it just took on a whole new meaning for me when our chief apostle Jesus tells us to go and make disciples of all nations. He's really telling us to go upset people's world in the same way it had happened for the disciples who who would become his apostles. He's asking the rest of us that would find our belief in him to go and do the same. Mm-hmm. Now, Tim, let's talk about how Jesus upset your world. You were a L.A. kid, and you actually became a little bit of a rapper in your area, right? Yeah, that's, that's absolutely correct. <laughs> I was a performer, and I was rapping, and I had some regional success. I had a couple of um, record deal opportunities on the table. And I was really focused on one of two things. And it might seem like they're, they're opposites, but I either wanted to be a performer and go into the arts and rap, or I was hoping to be in law enforcement. My mother worked for the Los Angeles Police Department for 30 years. From the time I was four years old, I was fascinated with law enforcement. And so I was hoping to become a homicide detective if uh, the rap career didn't take off. <laughs> so, Well, you actually remind me, I, I have a cousin who lives in California. He moved from Pennsylvania to California. And for about 10 years, he said, well, give it 10 years. He was part of a rock band at the time. 
And so he oh. gave he gave it ten years, and then he decided to go and uh, get his degree in aeronautics and work on the shuttles. So <laughs> these are very different things. <laughs> very different things. But that that was my life at the time, and it was during that time, January fourteenth of nineteen ninety six, that I actually really had my entire world turned upside down. I was sitting in the back of my parents' church, small church in California, uh, no more than 50 people in attendance. And on the back row of their church uh, is when I made a decision to give my life to Jesus Christ. And it became the most upsetting event in my life. Jesus upset your apple cart, didn't he? He surely did. He surely did. (laughs) Well, you know, in this book, uh, you have some really great stories of what I believe you call uh, relational evangelism or perhaps everyday evangelism. A lot of stories, and a lot of them are from your own life, if not all of them. I think my favorite is uh, on page 146. It's about a Middle Eastern Uber driver. Uber driver. That's hard. That's hard to say, by the way. Well, uh, tell us about his reaction to a simple thing that you did that just kind of affirmed him as a person. Yeah. So, you know, in the the busy lives that we have now, especially if you travel a lot, you are always jumping in an Uber car or a Lyft car with a complete stranger. And I've always made it my life's goal to make sure that if someone is in my presence, they are seen and if applicable, they are heard. And so basically the mantra is no one goes unseen in my presence. If we connect eyes, I'm gonna say hi to you, wave at you, smile at you. Everybody needs to know that they're seen. So uh, I hailed this Uber driver and he, uh, when, I, when I decide to text him, as soon as he picks up the the ride, I actually, you know, use his name and say, thank you so much for picking me up. And by the time he gets around to me and I jump in his car, he is blown away by the fact that I simply replied to his pickup with his name. And that led to a conversation that was more upsetting for me than it probably was for him. Hmm. I believe that one of the unintended consequences of uh, living an upset life is that upset people, you wind up upsetting yourself as well. And so I get in the car with him and we're driving down the road and we start this great conversation just about life and belief and family. And at the end of it, he says, hey, if you ever need a ride anywhere, he gives me his, like, his personal number. He said, I'll pick you up and take you anywhere you want to go. Um, you, are, you are unlike anybody I've ever talked to. Hmm. And for me, that, that is just a small glimpse into what it is to be a believer of Jesus Christ and how easy and simple it is to upset people's world. That's fantastic. Love that story. Now, there was a time in particular when I was really digging into your book last night that you made me truly laugh out loud, and that is when <laughs> when you talked about Father God prayers. Now, <laughs> now not, not to belittle anyone who prays like that, because maybe they don't realize how they're coming across, but 
there is such a thing as vain repetition in prayer, right? <laughs> that, is, that is absolutely correct. And the Father God... Have you heard this kind of prayer very often? Yes, I have. Um, you know, growing up in church, I, I'm a literalist, and that drives my family and friends crazy. Sometimes it gets on my nerves as well. But I process literally. And so everything people say, everything that um, I read, or I, I can get an image of it in my head. And so when there would be prayers as a little kid and then growing up in church, when somebody would start the, the prayers and they would go, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Father God, I just thank you, Father God, for being here, Father God. We love you today, Father God. I could not concentrate on the actual <laughs> body of the prayer because I was counting the Father God. <laughs> yes. And one, one of the pictures that I had in my mind, Chris, was like, um, if they were to write this down on a piece of paper, <laughs> I mean, the amount of father gods, I mean, I think my highest count was probably 52. Oh, my. In one prayer. Yeah. And, and why is it always father God? <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know, but they just they need an editor, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I have some. I have seen some people do it with Jesus as well. They'll say Jesus a million times in their prayer, and I'm sure Jesus is up there. And I know he received the prayer, but he's probably going, I, I heard you the first time. I'm here. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, you, you did have a point to this, right? It was just a funny story. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and the point is that um, in a relationship that we have with our Father, we can get to the point. He hears us and he knows us. He wants to make himself known to us. And if we would relax in the relationship we have and truly understand that we are his sons and his daughters and that we are not for his attention, but he actually died for us to have his intention attention. Hmm. I, I just think we would we would fall into a deeper relationship with him. Hmm. That's a powerful thought. Now, one of the helpful chapters in this book, okay, they all are helpful, but in chapter two, you talk about loving people. Now, as a member of the human race, I'm sure I'm difficult to love sometimes, but I also <laughs> have trouble loving other people. So help me out here, yeah. Pastor. Give me, give me some tips. Well, I, I, I am a fundamentalist when it comes to God's Word. I, I take it for what it says. And one of the things that Jesus said in red letters is that we need to love people, but we also need to love our enemies. And so as if, you know, the golden rule wasn't enough, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. He takes it a step further and goes, yeah, hey, you need to love everybody, even those that are seemingly unlovable. And we can't do that in our own power, Chris. Um, and I'm not asking anybody to. Uh, we need uh, the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to do that. Now, let me tell you one thing that has helped me. There's this great verse in um, Proverbs that I have memorized, it's seared in my head in King James. And that is, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get an understanding. That last sentence really got to me. With all thy getting, get an understanding. And what I realized is, the, the majority of frustrations that we have with people 
comes from not having context to the way that they behave. And so you look at humanity and look at all the crazy things that are out there. And without a context, it's easy to be angry. It's easy to be frustrated. It's easy to, to dismiss. But when you have a context to why a person might be the way they are, it, it may not make it better to enjoy their presence, but at least you have a context to where they're coming from. And I've just become this student of culture, of uh, society, of uh, sociology, in just the behavior of people. It might go back to the fact that I wanted to be a homicide detective. I, I investigate things. And so in the same way, loving people uh, is about not allowing that first interaction with them to put you off in such a way that you would be disconnected from showing love, from showing grace, from showing understanding. Again, it doesn't make unlovable people become these lovable people that you want to bring home for dinner, but it does allow you to become a loving person in the face of that unlovable person. That's good. Context helps sometimes. There's another quote here that says, when I'm mad at a person, I'm actually mad at Jesus. And that sure <laughs> made me think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like to give people the type of context that helps them to orient themselves as a disciple of Jesus. Jesus died for the person we're mad at. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, just if, if we can get our perspective back in that context, it just helps us to calibrate. Jesus died for our enemy. Jesus died for the person that we hate. Jesus died for the person that was abusive. Jesus died for the person that betrayed us. And while a healthy boundary might be necessary for us to be okay from that person, our hatred toward that person is not okay. He died for that person so that they might find life. And so we love so that they might find him. Amen. Well, Pastor Tim, this is your first book. So as your first book, it must be a very important message for you. Why did you write Upset the World? Well, uh, I wrote Upset the World because after the culmination of about 22 years of ministry, I realized once I read Acts chapter number 17, verse number six, these men have caused trouble all over the world, and now they are here disturbing our city too. It's like that verse jumped off the page, and I realized, that's me. And that's how I felt for 22 years, and this is how I feel like I've expressed myself to others for the last 22 years. I, I wrote this book because it's my life message, and I believe it can become the life message so many others. And so I am convinced that if someone gets this book, their world will be turned upside down. And my hope is that they would commit their lives to upsetting others. Well, I imagine that's going to happen to a lot of people who read Upset the World. And Tim Ross, would you like to close out with a prayer for our listeners who need this message? I would love to. God, I'm so grateful for everyone that's listening, my brothers and sisters, your sons and daughters. God, I thank you for that encounter that they 
had with you that brought them into relationship with you. But God, I'm praying that you would upset them again, that you would turn them over all over again in a way that changes them deeply from the inside out. My prayer is that they would in turn upset others with the message, love, and hope of Jesus Christ. If you do this for us, God, it won't be for our credit. It will be all for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Tim Ross, for being with us today on Charisma Connection. We sure appreciate it, and we want to uh, let our listeners know where they can find out more about you, uh, maybe even watch some of your sermon videos, which are very entertaining, I might say. Thank you so much, Chris. Yes, they can go to YouTube uh, and just type in Embassy City Church. You'll find all of our content there. Our website is embassycity.com. EmbassyCity.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Tim. We appreciate your being with us today on Charisma Connection. Thank you, Chris. I'm Chris Johnson. You've been listening to Charisma Connection. And if you'd like to check out the other shows that we have on our network, the Charisma Podcast Network, you can do so at cpnshows.com. Be sure to check out some of our flagship shows like Strang Report and Green Lines. Those are on cpnshows.com. And with producer Ania today, I thank you for listening to Charisma Connection. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.